Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. So the title of my message this morning is Living a Life That Is Pleasing to God. And this morning I stand before you with a tender heart as I've been preparing for this message God has been speaking to me and has been convicting my heart. And um, my prayer is that this morning that God will also speak to each and every one of you in a powerful way. Even though I might be preaching to everyone, I want you to ask God, what is God saying to me this morning? Not to the person next to you, but what is God saying to me? If you've got your Bibles, you can open up to 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people who will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. And this is so profound. In the last days, there will be people having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And recently, I've been finding myself getting so despondent when I look at what is going on in the world. And I want to be careful when I say this. When I look at people's lives that call themselves Christians, I sometimes see a life with the appearance of godliness without faith. Even when I look at my own life, I see days where I have the appearance of godliness, but without faith. And it saddens me, and I will exclusively relate to myself because I know that the condition of my faith is directly related to my relationship with God. I'm going to repeat that again. The condition of my faith is directly related to my relationship with God. So in my message today, living a life that is pleasing to God, I want to take you through, let's call it a refresher course. And I want us to look at faith and how that is pleasing to God so that we will not be a people with the appearance of godliness and denying His power, we will be a people in right relationship with God, living a life full of faith. Amen. In Hebrews 10 verse 37 to 39, it says, And the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So let the refresher course begin. What does it mean to live by faith? If you go look at the word faith in the Greek, faith is from the word pistis. Now, I don't know exactly how to pronounce this, but as far as I know, it is from the word pistis or pistis. Whatever you want to call it. And the word literally means the Lord's inworked or in-birthed persuasion. 
Now, so if faith is God persuading you to do something, now this is so profound. That means that faith is never something that any human can generate. Faith is something that only God can work in you. And I had this wrong my whole life, if I have to be honest. I thought that I was the one that had to generate the faith to remove mountains. And when I get to the place where I remove mountains, then I will be able to please God. But actually, it's the other way around. So I want, to, I want you to ask yourself this morning, what is God persuading you to do now? Or what is the last thing that God said to you? Faith is God showing His preferred will inside of you for the season that you are in. It's never about doing big things for God. It's about doing what Jesus' preferred will. It's about what God wants you to do. Even if it sometimes feels like what you are doing is the most insignificant thing in the world. God doesn't care whether you remove mountains. He cares whether you do His preferred will. So to live by faith means to live by the inworked or in-birth persuasion of God. It means to live by the conviction that God puts in you. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. Because if you're not doing God's preferred will, chances are that you are busy with your own. Faith is God's way of showing you what pleases Him. It's like when your mother asks you to go and clean your room, and you think you, wanna, you want to please your mother, so you go and paint the house, you do the garden, you clean the pool. It's all great that you did those things, but you still didn't do your mother's preferred will. And because of that, you didn't please her. And it is exactly the same with God. If he reveals to you what is important to him and you don't act on it or do something else instead, it is impossible to please God. In the book of James, in chapter 2, verse 17, it says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. See, God can put this conviction of his will inside of you. You can know his will, but if you don't do his will, it's going to be really difficult to please him, and your faith is dead. Faith comes first. God gives you a conviction of his will inside of you. Then it's our responsibility to believe, and then to do the word of God inside of us. And then our faith becomes a living faith. Faith is a grace gift from the Lord, constantly birthed inside of those that want to please Him. If your aim is not to please God, chances are really good that you will not be able to hear God, you will not be able to see God, and that you will not be able to experience God. When people become callous towards God, they end up living according to their own will and not God's will for their lives. Just like building plans, God has a preferred will for each and every one of our lives. He has already worked out every step of the way. He already saw what you need. All we need to do is follow the plan that God has for our lives. 
by being obedient to what God is saying to each and every one of us. All we need to do is follow God's plan. Sarah Young, a well-known Christian author, said, Faith is not directing God to do this and that, but rather involves being attuned to discern what He is already doing. So the first thing that I want to talk about, how do we get to a place that we can hear God clearly? That is the big question today. Because I don't hear a lot of people say, um, these days say, God told me to do this, or I know that I have to do this. I hear a lot of people say, I think I have to do this. Or I think I have to do that. And that caused a lot of doubt and uncertainty, not really knowing that you're not sure, should you do this, should you not? But if God speaks, we can have that certainty of, this is what God is saying. This is what I need to do. Isaiah 6 verse 8 says, And I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go. The most important thing that you can do as a Christian is to seek God's will. I think the, greatest, the biggest mistake that anyone can make is to think that you have to be perfect in order for God to use you. But the reality is that God will use you as long as you are willing or He will work rather through you uh, whenever you are willing and available for Him to do so. See, if we're not in a place where we set ourselves available for God to work through us, God will not work through you. And it's not God's choice, that's your choice. When I got born again, God totally transformed my life and all I wanted to do was to please God. In the church where I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, um, it was an amazing church full of um, the um, Holy Spirit working. I mean, people got healed, people got baptized in the Holy Spirit, people spoke in tongues. It was just something that I've never seen. And the person that prayed for me to receive the Holy Spirit afterwards, he told me that because you've got the Holy Spirit, you can now also live a holy life and a life of faith. And the same things that you saw me do, you can now also go and do. And so from that day, I was really excited um, to do the will of God. And God started speaking to me about, um, speaking to me through faith, that in-birth persuasion, and to share the gospel with the lost, to pray for the sick. And this amazing things started happening. People started coming to Christ, giving their lives to Jesus, and there were people that got healed. Amazing things happening. And at the same time, God started challenging me to step, um, challenging me to step more and more out of my comfort zone, to trust Him with even bigger tasks. And I remember that I started getting scared because it felt like I was in over my head. I was challenged to share my faith with people that didn't want anything to do with Jesus. God sent me into the Jewish community. And he challenged me to share my faith in the community, to pray for the sick in the Jewish community. And so eventually I got to a place where I was tired of stepping out of my comfort zone. And I decided not to do it anymore. And boy, did I miss out. At that point, everything changed. 
I stopped hearing the voice of God. It wasn't because God stopped speaking to me because he was angry at me. It was because I wasn't willing to listen to, to God. I have become dull of hearing. I didn't want to hear his voice because I knew that I needed to trust him with what he wanted me to do. But, you know, self-preservation kicked in and I chose to, to trust myself rather than to trust God. And it wasn't God's fault. It was all my fault. I was not willing to step out and to do His will, to do what pleased Him. And I realized that my issue was that I did not trust God with my life. Now the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He reward those who seek Him. Now, the crazy thing is that you can still go on as usual. You can look spiritual. You can act spiritual. You can do all the spiritual things, all those things that make you look spiritual. Just like 2 Timothy said, that we can, we can walk around with an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. If there's no faith in you, no in-birth persuasion of God's will, it is impossible to please Him. Because God is not so concerned about you doing good as He is concerned about you doing His preferred will for your life. And isn't that what sin means? To miss the mark. See, God shows you the mark by His in-birth persuasion. And when we don't do what pleases Him, we miss the mark. That's why Romans 14 verse 23, it says... Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. When we don't do God's preferred will, we miss the mark. It doesn't matter what good you do in your life. If you don't do God's preferred will, you miss the mark. Excuse me. So during that time, I realized that something was wrong. I was not hearing the voice of God and almost felt like God forgot about me. But to compensate for that, like any Christian, we started doing excessive good works so that God would be pleased with us, so that we can experience His, His presence, so that all of that stuff that we will experience God's presence and have a relationship with God. Not realizing that I was the boy painting the house and doing the garden and not cleaning my room like God asked me to. So all my efforts was not God-inspired. It was fleshly. It was dead works. I was trying out, of, trying out of my own efforts to please God, and it didn't work. And it will never work. See, so how did I get back on track? And how can you get back on track to a place where you hear the voice of God clearly and live a life full of faith and conviction? So the first point that I want to talk about is be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And I'm not talking whenever we feel like it. I'm talking be willing to step out of your comfort zone whenever God wants you to step out of your comfort zone. It's easy when we try to 
um, you know, when we choose, like, okay, God, I will do this now because I'm confident. No, we need to be confident whenever God asks, asks us to step out. And we need to realize that our lives are not our own. This life that we are living, we're living for Jesus. It is all about Him. Nothing of this life is about us. It's all about Jesus. When we came to Christ, we became His purchased possession. We are His. We are not our own anymore. But so many times we make it about ourselves. It's almost like we become brats when things doesn't work out the way that we want it to work out. We complain. It's like, God didn't come through to me. How can God not come through to me when I needed Him? Actually, God doesn't have to answer to you. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. Jesus never said that, come follow me and your life will be easy. Like the prosperity gospel preach. Just come to Jesus and you will have an amazing life. You will have a blessed life. Yes, you will have a blessed life. But at the same time, you also have a lot of challenges that you face. And that's the part that they, that they, uh, that they don't say to you. And when those challenges come, one for one, people fall away. He also said that wide is the road that leads to destruction, and narrow is the way that leads to life. The road that we are taking as Christians is not an easy road, and Jesus said that few find that road, that narrow road. Only few. Paul said that if you choose to live a godly life, you will be persecuted. It will be tough. It will be challenging. So when we step out of our comfort zones, we will be faced with challenges, no doubt. Expect that. Jesus knew that this is a tough life. That's why He gave us the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, so that we can accomplish that He sent us out to do. Now, Jesus didn't send out the Comforter so that you can be comfortable. We need to understand that. He sent out the comforter to comfort us when we step out and when we are faced with challenges to accomplish His will. And these days, we can't share our faith without somebody taking offense. It's like whenever you say something that you believe, it's like the world make a big fuss about it. How can you say that I cannot do this? How can you say that this is wrong? It's like the world is condemning Christianity at this moment. And in recent headlines, um, Christian Falau, I don't know if you guys have heard about him, he's a very famous rugby player in Australia, the highest paid rugby player and at this moment the highest scoring rugby player in the world. And Somebody asked him a question. What do you think about homosexuality? And so he posted a scripture verse. And man, the world went ballistic. How can you say this is wrong? How can you say this? How can you say this? And if we are going to be standing as Christians, we need to expect that that's, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. And you know what I respect about um, Israel Falau? That... They, they told him, take back what you said and say sorry. He's like, I will not. So he lost his job as a, as a rugby player, as far as I know. And, um, but the thing is that 
God will never leave you or forsake you. If you stand up for what is right, if you stand up for Him, He will take care of you. Even if He gets fired from uh, being the highest paid rugby player, it doesn't matter. That's not what life is about. Life is about pleasing God. And He had that in-birth persuasion of, that's what I needed to do. And He did not. He did not shrink back. And God, I can tell you, God is well pleased with Him. And if we don't shrink back, whether we lose our jobs when we stand, God is well pleased with you and He will take care of you. Just keep trusting Him. And I don't know about you, but God sometimes asks us to step out in the most inconvenient times. It's like when you're late for work, God is like, stop and pray for this person. When you stand in the grocery line, go and stand pray for that person. You're like, but God, then I have to give up my spot. (laughs) But sometimes I wonder if God doesn't say those things to test our hearts and to see whether our heart is really for Him. Do we step out because it's convenient for us or do we step out because it's actually we want to please God? The second thing that I want to talk about, seek connection with God. Now, I recently uh, read a book by Danny Silk called Keep Your Love On. And I highly recommend that book for any married couple. Um, And I want to use one of the principles that he spoke about in that book. He said in that book um, that when you are in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or friendship, family, whatever the case might be, there's really only two goals, goals in a relationship. The goal is either to build connection with a person or the goal is to keep distance from that person. And if your goal is distance, then you want to stay close enough to be present, but you want to stay far enough not to get hurt. If your goal is connections, even when things get tough, you will seek connection because you made a conscious choice that no matter what, I will pursue this person, doesn't matter what happens. And so when it comes to our relationship with God, there's really only two options. Our goal is either connection or disconnect, distance. And for a lot of people, if we're honest with ourselves, when it comes to our relationship with God, our goal is distance. We might think that it's connection, but really it's distance. We want to stay close enough to go to heaven. We want to stay close enough so that we can experience the blessings of God and that we have a guarantee that God will come through for us when we uh, face a tough situation, but we stay far enough so that we can still live our own selfish lives and do whatever is pleasing to us. And we don't want God to interfere with our lives. God forbid. But if our aim is to please God, we will do whatever it takes to build connection. Whether things work out the way that we want it to work out, whether we face persecutions, whether things get tough, it doesn't matter. We will still seek connection because our aim is not to please ourselves. Our aim is to please God. That's who it is about. It's not about you. 
when we look at a broken relationship where one might choose connection and the other one doesn't, God is not like that. When we pursue God, even with all these challenges, God does exactly the same thing. When we read uh, in Matthew 6 um, verse 33, Jesus said, Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. When we are about God's business, He is about yours. You don't have to worry about sorting all the, out all the problems in your life. Leave that up to God. Just make sure that you are about His business so that He can take care of your business. Sounds like a good deal, eh? So whenever we want to do something and we're not sure, we should always ask ourselves, is this thing that I'm about to do, will this build connection with Jesus? Or will this create distance between me and Jesus? And if the answer is that this thing will create distance between me and Jesus, then don't do it. Simple. Don't do it. Don't go there. It's not worth it. So to end off, we said faith is a grace gift from God, constantly birthed inside of those wanting what please Him. If our aim is not to please God or to live for God, chances are that you will not hear God, that you will not see God, and that you will not experience God. And I asked the question, how do we get to a place where we can hear God and allow Him to continually birth faith in us. The first thing was that by being willing to do whatever it takes, especially to be prepared to step out of our comfort zones, it boils down to one big word, trust. Trust God and do whatever He asks. You truly have your best interest in mind. Trust me when I say that. He's got your best interests in mind when he asks you to, to do something. The second thing was to continue to seek to please God. We have two options when it comes to our relationship with God. Either to build connection with God or to create distance um, between us and God. Choose connection. Choose life. Now, I said a lot of things today, and I don't know if you were challenged or not, but I know this, that living a life for Jesus and to keep His preferred will will be the most challenging thing that you will ever do in this life. To lay down your life and trust Him with what He has said. But it will be the most rewarding thing that you as a Christian can do. To put your trust in Him and allow Him to direct your path, to allow Him to continue to build your life the way that He created your life to, to be built. So listen up. You have this comfort in the challenges to come. The truth is that you can trust God. The Bible says that Jesus said that I hold you in my hand and nobody snatches you out of my hand. 
We are in the Father's hand, and nobody snatches us out of the Father's hand. We can trust Jesus. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is everything that you can hope for. Will you trust Him? He is our King. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He wants your best interest. Will you give Him a time of your day to do for Him to come and do in your life what He wants to come and do? So trust me when I say that you are in the safest hands and you are loved by God. You can receive the faith that He gives you and you can do what He says without fear. Love casts out all fear. Amen. Shall we stand? Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.